We're TNTV, a podcast for TV addicts. I'm Price. And I'm Elizabeth. Today we're discussing The Bold Type, Season 1, Episode 6, The Breast Issue. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Price. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, just kind of a lazy Sunday. That's nice. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, those are those are pretty great days. Yeah. What tea are you drinking? I'm so excited you ask. I, like, purposely, no, I purposely didn't tell you what tea I was drinking until we were recording oh. because I wanted to capture your reaction. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready okay, to react. Okay, so I had my birthday recently. And our amazing podcast mom, shout out to Jackie Bosworth. Yes, we brought love you. me blooming tea. So what? Yeah, yeah. That's the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she. So she, we're skyping. I'm just. I'm just gonna describe this because I have no idea what it is. So Price is holding up like a cute little clear teapot, and there's a flower on the inside of it. That's so yep. cute. Yeah. So it's called, um, they're called blooming fruit teas, which are, and there's 12 green teen flowers. So you have a glass teapot and you put this little flower pod into it and let it seat for like five to 10 minutes and the flower blooms in the glass teapot so you can see it. That's the freaking like most hipster shit I've ever heard in my life and I love it. Oh, I know. Yeah. So I've been letting it deep for five to 10 minutes and I'm using the peach one and uh, we're going to see what it tastes like. But yeah, there's like a legit flower in this teapot here. So that's the tea I'm drinking. I'm so like, thank you so much to Jackie Bosworth. <laughs> I, I have no game this week. That's so cool. <laughs> what tea are you drinking? Um, I thought I was cool, but I'm not as cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have had you go first. It's okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, so I'm drinking a maple apple cider tea, which is delicious. It's just like really homey and happy. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't taste like tea because it's cider. So I'm just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah. I was yeah. just really excited to try out like these. Yeah. You, know? you, you went, I can't. I can't beat that. You win. So, <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, it, yeah, I just tasted it. It tastes pretty good, too. Yeah, like is it the like peach peachy one. and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it literally tastes like a flower, which nice. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, this is, uh, this is an intense episode, guys. It really is. And this episode also had a lot of awkward moments. <laughs> so many awkward moments. Like, side glances that were awkward and, like, yeah. random pauses. I I just felt, okay, yeah, I felt awkward this episode. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a very awkward episode, but also very intense, and emotionally intense. And in those moments, it was really good despite all the awkwardness. I really like this episode. I think that they dealt with a shitty issue like really well. Um, and they showed like all the different ways that it can be talked about. Um, and then in the end, maybe pushed a message of how it should be talked about. So I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it was really awkward, but I enjoyed it yeah. still. <laughs> okay, so let's let's dive in. Uh, we're going to talk about Sutton first. Sutton. 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 Brady. 
So what is Sutton up to this episode? <laughs> well, Sutton uh, got the fashion job and she has her first day. Yeah, her entrance is really awesome because Jane and Kat are surrounding her and be like, big time fashion job. Fashion. Oh, make way, make way. Fashion department. Fashion Move. department, make way. <laughs> Yeah, so she's really excited to start her fashion job, but um, becomes a little disillusioned because she's still an assistant. She sends her on a coffee run, and she's like, this is exactly like Lauren's green juice except coffee now. And so she really, really wants to prove herself to Oliver that she's more that she offers more than just being an assistant. And he wants this uh, Paduano pendant that he can't get, which is a fancy Italian designer. Um, but she has an idea of how she can get it. And she reaches out to an assistant friend and they have like a like back alley swap between one of the uh, one of the dra- dress and the pendant. And she's feeling awesome, except she loses it in the cab. She loses it in the cab. Yeah, I I really liked the moment between Sutton and the friendship with the other assistant. It was like, oh, she's got connections. Like she knows who to talk to. It was really cute. And like, I liked how we saw like that little small glimpse into Sutton's like other relationships. Yeah, exactly. I loved seeing like another friendship with a coworker or colleague or someone in your industry and that you're supporting one another. Like whenever she calls her up, she's like, Hey, yeah, I got that new job. You want to help me kick ass at it? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then one day we will roll this town. You, you, you will be fine. Everyone else, not so much, but you will be fine. Yeah, so that was cute. Sutton also has other relationship issues this episode. So what happens with her and Alex? Yeah, so she's desperately trying to find this necklace that she lost in the cab. Um, and Alex, good old good old friend Alex, comes up and uh, helps her out. Uh, they figure out that there's where she got out of the cab. There's security cameras so that she can then track down the cab numbers. And so he he like comes by and like helps her out, and then. Richard comes into the scene and there's very, like, so much awkwardness. Uh. Yeah, they're setting up a love triangle here between Sutton, Alex, and Richard. So, like, we've had some friendship moments with Alex in the past and they've always been really cute. But now, like, you kind of actually see that he might have feelings for her. Like, she at one point tells him that she loves him and there's, like, a pause on his face. Um, And then Richard, I was kind of annoyed at Richard this episode. Sutton was also annoyed at Richard this episode. Yeah, so he, I mean, the entire time he's just like, you need to get back to Oliver, what are you doing? He's trying to give her advice from, like, a legal standpoint, but, you know, Sutton kind of ignores it because this is really important to her. So he he was just kind of, like, butting his head in. I don't know. I, I was kind of annoyed at him. I don't know. I, I really wasn't just because it was just kind of like, oh, my God, Sutton, how do you lose $5,000 worth of jewelry? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe you should listen to the lawyer on this. Like, yes, try and fix it yourself like she was doing, um, trying to get it back before anyone noticed. But if you can't do that within a certain amount of time, yeah, maybe you should listen to your lawyer boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And I think that Sutton was just like, no, I can't screw up. I can't do this. I was already late. I already like it's my first day. I can't. So I get that. But towards the end of the episode, Alex reveals that he would have kissed Sutton and that he actually has really feelings for her and she kind of just is left standing or sitting in a cab really Um, and it's just kind of like awkward I don't know how I feel about this I didn't I didn't ever really like Alex and Sutton as a concept see I I kind of like I kind of like the or I thought I don't know I just 
I have, I feel so bad for Alex, the character, just because I feel, we haven't really talked about him, but I feel like he gets walked all over all the time. Like he has more, he has more experience. Like his only purpose is to be like an extra friend, like a supporting friend. Like he has no depth whatsoever. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't like him because we never really get any we get a little background on him, but, like, not much. And, you know, we see him with Jane. We see him with Sutton. But, yeah, I never – I don't know. Yeah, and it's kind of frustrating. Like, yeah, you do need, like, extra characters. You can't focus on everyone all the time. But with as with as much screen time as he has, like, he should have more depth to his character. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's a good critique. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Sutton. She's pretty – she, uh, she eventually gets the pendant back, uh, the cabbie turned it in, and she gives it to Oliver, and everything's fine, but yeah, we have just definitely a few awkward moments with her this episode. I do love how Oliver is impressed for a total of three seconds with Sutton <laughs> getting hey, the necklace. Hey, but three seconds is something with Oliver. Oh, no, it totally is, but I, lo- I love how he like literally counts down, he's like, well, color me impressed. Three, two, one. All right, let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> Real quick, cute moment with Oliver, too, is that he calls her Red. So, like, he gives her his own nickname, which is... And she's, she even points out, she's like, you know, my hair's not red, right? And he's like, yeah, but you would look really good with red hair. <laughs> I love that <laughs> moment. He's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Last episode, you know, we said we we're looking forward to Sutton and the fashion job and Sutton and Oliver's relationship. And it was really good to see this episode. Like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Sutton. So let's go ahead and talk about cat. Cat, 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 cat Edison. So cat this episode is on a mission to fight the patriarchy and free the nipple. <laughs> um, so they go to this topless event in Central Park, and uh, she posts pictures from that event of topless women to I think it was Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she posts women to promote breast health awareness, even though, according to Instagram, you can't post the area of the breast below the areola. Um, it's such a crappy definition. Um, <laughs> I looked up the New York Penal Code, and that's like the actual definition of where you can't post. It's so stupid. Anyway, so she knows that they're going to be taken down from Instagram, but she posts them anyway. And uh, Jacqueline goes to her and says, you know, the board wants you to stop. We can't get our Instagram taken down. It reaches so many people, you just can't do it. But instead she of stopping, she spins it around and she posts nipples um, that look like women's breasts, but they're not. She posts a nipple of the statue. She posts a picture of the intern's nipple. All of these things that look like women's nipples, but they're not. And then um, she just keeps going and going and never knows when to stop. Once again, she has all these good intentions, but she's going down the wrong path. And avoiding her true problems, which is the fact that Adina went to Paris. Um, so that's, yeah, that's Kat. <laughs> oh, Kat. She, uh, once she gets a bone to chew, she just, like, does not stop. Yeah, she is tenacious. And once she, like, picks up on an issue, she just, like, doesn't let it drop. I mean, and that was our first impression of her back in the first episode with trying to get Adina you know, getting her story. Yeah, and it's definitely her, like, main character flaw. Like, that's her problem. That's what she needs to get over. So, well, along with what we talked about last episode. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, so she kind of fails to empathize with Jane until the end when Jacqueline is like, hey, you know, this isn't this isn't what they need. And I think that that's totally something reasonable. Like, this is one of those things that you can't 
really empathize with someone unless you've dealt with it personally because it's just it's such a hard topic and it, it affects everyone on a personal level yeah yeah and Kat kind of has trouble empathizing with people sometimes she does. yeah she does yeah she she really gets caught up in her own strong feminist viewpoints and campaigns and opinions and she really does kind of fail sometimes to see things from other people's point of view yeah but um, we uh we definitely do see her come around which is good especially because mm-hmm. you know jane and she loves her and everything so they have a good talk about that um yeah so that's kind yeah. of cat's thing I thought it was really interesting that they brought up the whole free the nipple campaign. Yeah, I thought uh, it was so cool. Yeah, so she mentions um, at the very beginning of the episode when they go to this topless event, a legal case in 1986 where women had a picnic topless and got arrested for it and then eventually won. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a penal code 245.01. It's uh, the People versus Ramona Centarelli and uh, Mary Lou Scott. Yeah, so they um, they claimed that it was sexist, that men could be topless in a park and women couldn't. And eventually they did win their case. Um, so legally, uh, women are allowed to be topless in New York and other states. Yeah, I looked up the, uh, apparently there is, yeah, a free the nipple campaign that was created in 2012 during pre-production of a 2014 film of the same name. And yeah, this filmmaker in New York City created a documentary about going around topless in New York. Um, and it really inspired this social media movement uh, in the years to come about like women being equal to men and being topless and being able to post pictures topless. Yeah. So, and I think the confusion here is like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just women going around topless. Like, come on, that's not really a statement. But I think that from the stuff that I read about it, it's like, no, it's not, it's not about being topless. It's the fact that from an early age, like breasts are just sexualized and that's not the case like people should be able to breastfeed in public people should be able to Mm -hmm. do all the things that men can and so there's like yeah it seems a little ridiculous but when you actually dive in like there's a lot of reasons that this should be a legal thing across everywhere yeah no exactly um on the free the nipple website on their uh mission statement they actually talk about this amendment that they want that say that men and women are equal in Every, every oh way yeah possible. the the equal rights amendment yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and how freeing the nipple and women being topless is part of that yeah um, I agree I agree yeah I think that I think that it's kind of a societal thing too like the fact that mm-hmm. they are sexualized like I'm not sure if it's gonna happen everywhere um yeah. while I was looking this up and I knew this already but it's in Texas. The only place that you're allowed to be topless legally is Austin, which, like, (laughs) not really a surprise. For those who don't know, so there's a lake really nearby. It's called Lake Travis. And um, (laughs) there's a beach called Hippie Hollow, where it's the only nude beach in Austin. Uh, So people go there and nude bathe all the time. So, yeah, it's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Austin. Never change. Uh, Yeah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there's been a lot of celebrities who have uh, posted pictures on social media to support women being topless and to free the nipple, um, such as Miley Cyrus, Chelsea Handler, Rihanna, uh, Chrissy Teigen are some of the bigger names. And we actually have an article that we'll post about celebrities in 2017 who freed the nipple. Yay. 
Yeah, another article that I found, um, it was this woman who, she talks about her personal story about how she decided to start rollerblading topless. And it was just really interesting. I, you know, I feel like I'd heard about this before, but to like, to really dive in and like read someone's personal anecdote and like why they're doing this was really uh, informative to me and it also like made more sense once I learned more about it and once I learned that it wasn't just about like oh here are my boobs like no it's not <laughs> it's not like that <laughs> yeah no I mean and that was my first impression when watching this episode I was definitely like more like James it, you just want to you just want to flash people like it doesn't matter it doesn't mean <laughs> anything really but then yeah actually like looking up the free the nipple movement and realizing that no it, it, it's making men and women equal in every aspect of life. Yeah. And unfortunately, in our society, unless you're very shocking, sometimes your message doesn't get across. So I think that this is a kind of like equal ground of shocking, but also like it makes sense kind of thing. Yeah. 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 No, it was really interesting to like do more research about the movement itself and all the different celebrities who have like supported it in the yeah. in recent years and everything. And even just uh, like cats fight against you know social media about posting yeah that was a good that was a good way to like bring this argument into the modern world I think that was really cool that they did that yeah well I loved uh well one example on the article that we'll post with the celebrities is that uh Chrissy Teigen she like one of the pictures that she posted it's a picture of her like kind of topless like getting ready but her nipple isn't showing she had so many pictures taken down of uh, her being topless and her nipple showing. So this one they didn't take down because her only her nipple is like hidden behind a can of hairspray. Wow. And it's like, yeah, so cleverly placed that yeah. it's like everything but that. And ju just towing that line and only the way Chrissy Teigen can. <sighs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, um, yeah, that's, that's the free the nipple. You should definitely look into it. We'll post all of these things, including the New York penal code, um, <laughs> on the website and yeah, you should go check them out. So yeah, yeah so that's what, uh, Kat's up to. And, uh, do we want to move on to Jane? Yeah. So. Let's talk about Jane. 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 Jane Sloan. What is uh what is Jane up to this week? Oh, this was a very, very emotional episode for Jane. With Scarlet Breast Health Awareness Campaign, uh, Jane is assigned an art to write an article about BRCA gene testing. And this is very, very emotional for her because we learned that we knew her mother had died when she was very young, but we learned that in this episode that she died from breast cancer. Um, that she was diagnosed very young when she was 32. Um, and so she is a very good candidate for getting tested for this BRCA gene. And so it's very harrowing for her to like go and interview this doctor who is testing women in their 20s and doing really aggressive preventative treatments. And Oh, poor Jane. She like she's just on an emotional tether and she comes back into the office and Jacqueline starts talking to her about it. And then Jacqueline figures out that her mother had breast cancer and Jane kind of freaks out and starts yelling at her in front of everybody and starts crying. And it's just adding to the awkward moments that happened in this episode. Um, yeah. So first of all, what is BRCA gene testing? Yeah. So I actually hadn't have heard of uh, BRCA gene testing at all. So we went into a lot of research on this. Um, so what is it? It's, it's a genetic test for a gene mutation that has been linked with breast cancer. 
So they take a blood draw and they look at your DNA sequence and then they figure out if you have the gene mutation. Well, there's actually, so there's BRCA1 and there's BRCA2. So there's uh, technically two gene mutations that they're looking for on this specific protein. Yeah, so that's what they're testing for. There's a lot of criteria to get this test, though, because it returns back a lot of false positives sometimes. Like when you're not necessarily uh, eligible for it, then you can get a false positive and you don't really need that information. Um, so you, I think, what are the criteria? The criteria is like if you have so many people in your family that have had breast cancer, if it's uh, postmenopausal versus premenopausal, that's completely different. It also depends on what age they were diagnosed with breast cancer. So with Jane, uh, she's a perfect candidate because it's her mom. It's not just like her grandma or her aunt or something. Uh, it's her mother. And uh, she was diagnosed when she was 32. So that's really young, um, which is why she's a perfect candidate to get this test. The statistics that they mentioned in the episode were actually very uh, correct. As usual, the bold type has really good facts. Um, so <laughs> for all women, uh, the stat is that 12% of us will get breast cancer sometime in our life. If you have the BRCA1 gene, you're stats go up to 55 to 65% of getting breast cancer in your lifetime. And then with BRCA2, it's 45% by age 70. So like really scary stuff. Um, it's definitely a good test to have. And it's actually, it's, uh, it's cool that we have this test. It's cool that we have this knowledge that we can say, okay, you at some point are more likely to get breast cancer. So let's just make sure that you get a lot of mammograms, a lot of like preventative measures to make sure that we can catch this in time. Um, mm -hmm. Cause like a lot of things, they don't have tests like this. While I was looking into BRCA gene testing and what it means, um, they also pointed me to ovarian cancer, which is just a really, for some reason or another, it's a really aggressive cancer and they don't have an effective uh, genetic test for ovarian cancer. Um, so for something to be considered effective, like this BRCA gene testing, it means that it must have demonstrated reduced mortality from the disease of interest. So you have to detect it early enough that it means that you can help prevent this or uh, you know save someone's life better. So for ovarian cancer, and I'm so mad at this, like for many reasons. So uh, for ovarian cancer, there are some methods for to detect it, but at the present, they cannot detect the tumors early enough to reduce the risk of dying, um, whether that's because our detective methods aren't as good or because it's just such an aggressive form. But I was just like so angry at this and like, uh, can we please spend more money on this? Yes, please. Yeah. yeah, I know. Like that is like you told me that statistic and that fact about ovarian cancer and not being able to detect it early enough to like save your life. And that's just that was horrifying. That is so. Oh, it yeah. And like, it does. It's yeah. so terrible. And one of the things that Jane mentions, uh, like with this uh, conflict that she has is, you know, she actually kind of, she says, you know, I don't need all the awareness about breast cancer. I don't need all the marches. I don't need all the pink, you know, like I just need people to know how scary it is. And it's like, yes, please. Let's, you know, may, let's have more awareness for the cancers that you can't, that, you know, that are more scarier and that you maybe can't prevent as much so we can get more money to them. So yes. that you can prevent them. Absolutely. Yeah. So we got all of this information on uh, the National Cancer Institute and cancer.gov so we'll put those links up there's also a specific uh 
BRCA knowledge thing that uh, it's called nobraca.org. So we'll put that up. Um, also, just like a quick thing, um, the woman who discovered it is super cool. Um, her name is Mary Claire King. So she actually, I, I went and read this whole Time article about her and she's amazing. Like she never, she never thought that she would be able to find a gene that would help prevent like breast cancer. She never thought that she was going to do this. Um, but she went to Berkeley and she uh, studied mathematics and genetics. And she is just like this really cool and empowered woman. So back in the 90s, no one was really sure how cancer spreads. I mean, we're still not sure how a lot of cancer is spread, but the stats that she saw, she knew that it had to be genetic. And um, when they asked her on whether every woman uh, who's 30 years and older should have the bracket testing, she agreed that, like, yeah, at, that's the age that if you think, like, you might have it at all, or even if not, you should have this testing. Um, yeah, so I'm going to post that Time article because she's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I didn't do any research about the person who, like, discovered the gene. That's, yeah, plus, I, I mean, it, it's a woman in genetic sciences, which is just, like, thank you, Thank you for doing this. Thank you for looking into it. Like, yes. yeah. And apparently Fighting at the, the time, apparently at the time, this was really like a radical idea that cancer is related to genetics, uh, just because we <laughs> didn't know a lot about it back in the nineties. Like there's yeah. so much research going on about it. Um, yeah. So she's really cool. Go check her out. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, so yeah, that's awesome. Have you, um, have you ever like had the BRCA test or no. anything? Uh, yeah. So I hadn't heard about this at all. I actually, so my, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side had breast cancer. So I knew that we had it in our family, but I wasn't really sure of the specifics. So I went and talked to my mom about it and, uh, my grandmother had it, but it was postmenopausal. So, um, my mom talked to her doctor about it and we don't qualify for the BRCA gene. We just religiously go to my OBGYN and get like checked out to make sure that everything's okay. Yeah, we don't we don't qualify. And actually, it was interesting um, because of all this information that's been happened. My mom didn't even know what it was until like the last time she talked to her doctor because we don't qualify. Mm. Um, I think she was talking to one of her girlfriends and they mentioned like they had gotten this test. And my mom was like, oh, maybe I should talk to my doctor. And her doctor asked her, like, what type of breast cancer did your mom have? And my mom didn't know because there was just so much information yeah so uh yeah. yeah i think i think she went to md anderson or maybe there I, I really like md anderson um it's the it's a huge cancer institute by houston um it's really 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 great for like research and testing and treatment yeah. and everything so yeah shout out <laughs> um do you have any uh did you know about the test I did. Yeah. Um, so my grandmother also had breast cancer. Um, I think when she, it was postmenopausal as well when she was, I think like 57, uh, 58. Um, but she had a mastectomy and that took care of it. Like she didn't have to have any other treatment. Um, but then my aunt actually got diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 38 and that, um, which is a little, which is early. Um, and so that prompted my mom actually to get the test and she, um, tested negative for it. So then I, there's no need for me to get tested. And my aunt also tested negative for the BRCA gene, which apparently like really surprised her doctors because we're, like there's a very, there's a family history there. And because she had gotten it so young, like, you know, it was, we were, we were good, can like, it was good candidates to get tested. But, um, every new doctor that I've had, um, 
and you know, you have to fill out like your family history of cancers and everything. Every new doctor that I've had has like asked me about that. Asked me if I've gotten like bronchi tested. That's and, good. That's good that you know when you're eligible, like they do ask you about it a lot. Because yeah, I'd never heard of it. Um, were you scared at all, like Jane was? Um, not a, well. Not really, um, because like whenever, uh, I was a little bit whenever, uh, my aunt did get, get diagnosed because, uh, I kind of, it felt like breast cancer was like following, (laughs) like was haunting me. Well, my grand, my my grandmother had had it and beat it, but then, uh, it was right around the time that a really close family friend had died from breast cancer. And then like, like not even a year after my aunt got diagnosed and I was like, well, uh, okay, I guess that's how I'm going to go then because it keeps pulling me around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, and I actually asked my mom, I actually brought it up to her and I was like, do we need to get tested for this? And she's like, actually, no, actually I just got tested and like, no, it's, uh, we, yeah, I tested negative. So you, there's no need for you to like get tested. And like, I, I, I think I was a little scared until like, obviously we found out that we don't have it, but, um, see, I was different than Jane because I wanted that information. Like I, I was the one who like reached out to my mom to see if we should get tested first. I wasn't, you know, being asked by my friends and doctors and boss, you know, who were encouraging me to find out. And I think it was like, it, it, it's a different situation, you know, like I, like it was a family friend that I had lost. My grandmother had beaten it. My aunt is, has beaten it. Um, like it wasn't my mom that I had lost. So it's yeah, very, yeah. Very and that's totally different. a different thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very, very different. So, um, yeah, but it is, it was interesting in this episode. It, this leads to kind of like this mentorship moment between her and Jacqueline, but like Jacqueline says, like, I'm really surprised that you actually don't want to get this, like get this test because you thrive on information. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and, and so I wanted, I wanted that information and was willing to get tested to find it, but yeah. No, yeah. And that makes sense. Um, actually when I was looking into it, um, you know, <laughs> they always list the weirdest things on WebMD sometimes. So I was looking it up. <laughs> I, I looked at WebMD for it and especially like one bullet point was like, yeah, you're probably going to have a lot of anxiety when you get this test. Don't worry. That's completely normal. Like it's a crazy test. So just like, you are not alone. I was like, that's really sweet to put them there. But like, yeah, obviously, there's going to be anxiety with any tests like this. Like, fuck, do yeah. I have cancer or not? And, you know, like the um, like the oncologist says, you know, you don't have cancer, you just have a high risk. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And that's, and that's a really good way of looking at a test like this, you know, and it's just a way to be more vigilant and make sure you, you know, keep going to the doctor and keep being aware of your body and just like, yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess there's one final point, like we're not doctors. We don't, we don't know what we're talking about. Like, I think it's really cool and I'm glad I looked this up, but like, if you're, if you think you might be a candidate, like, please go talk to your doctor. You know, that's, that's the only piece of advice I can have. Yeah. Do not like base your medical decisions (laughs) on like a a 15 minute discussion between me and Elizabeth. (laughs) Yay. Um, so yeah, so that's Brock testing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, into the mentorship moment, like, mm-hmm. obviously Jane messed up and like, oh, so she, she blows up in the office. She really embarrasses Jacqueline and herself. 
Um, she leaves crying and like not okay and gets this mysterious text to report to a random address at seven. And she walks in and it's Jacqueline's home and she meets her husband, Ian, who's just the cutest character. Um, he and is, he is so charming. Like, <laughs> like Jane like goes to this meeting thinking she's going to get fired. And, and she goes and she like goes up and it's in this really, really nice apartment. And this man comes up and is like, Oh, Jane, nice. Like, we're glad you made it. Like, welcome. And she's like, are you from HR? <laughs> and he's like, I'm uh, Ian. Uh, I'm Jacqueline's husband. Oh, is she here? Yes, we live here. Like, oh, so cute. Like, to oh. to be that charming in the 10 seconds we see him is just, like, perfect. Um, I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it's so wonderful to, like, get a glimpse into Jacqueline's life. Yeah. Because up until this point, like, we don't know any, we didn't know anything about her, really. Like, all we saw her was just a boss of Scarlet. Uh, we, we knew. We knew about her what the three girls know about her. And then now that Jane knows more, we as the audience get to know more, too. Yeah, so it was really, it was really nice to see, like, she was in jeans and, like, like slippers, like, walking around in her fabulous, like, New York penthouse with, like, floor-to-ceiling windows and this adorable labradoodle and these two boys, like, a teenager and a 10-year-old, and, like, and she's, like, hollering them about doing their homework, and it's just, it's such, like, such a shock. Yeah, (laughs) like, like, the, the audience is definitely as shocked as they should be, but I thought this was such a sweet mentorship moment, like, she gives... She, you know, Jane obviously messed up, but for reasons that totally make sense. And she gives Jane this safe space to talk about her fear with her mom in this test and have like a truly personal discussion, not as equals, but like maybe not exactly boss and employee. And they are drinking tea, by the way. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, we're obviously big fans of that. Super big fans. <laughs> yeah, another really, really good mentorship moment from Jacqueline. And it was, yeah, really nice to see her in her home, outside of the office, but, and being there emotionally for Jane, but then also setting boundaries. You know, she, you know, she tells her a little bit about herself and says, but there's more, obviously, but um, I run, I'm your boss. I run the magazine. So that's all I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. And that's a hard, fine line to walk. And I think that they showed a really good example of doing that. So that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, after that, we see Jane go to the doctor with Sutton and Kat and actually um, decide to have the test and she records it. Yeah, to post along with the article that she's writing about it. And it's really, it's really, really sweet. And then, um, yeah, a week later, she gets the results. And we do find out that, unfortunately, she did test positive for the BRCA gene mutation. Yeah. So she's more susceptible, or she has a higher chance of getting breast cancer in her life. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's really sad to see. Um, but it ends, like, on a really... I think on a good note, there, you know, like it it does end on like a hopeful note. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, Jane has this really great line that I love um, after the doctor's office, she's walking in the park with um, Kat and Sutton. And she says, you know what? I'm like, she's like, you don't have to be weird around me. I'm okay. You know, I'm happy to have the information and now I can keep living my life. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's perfect. And that's exactly, that's exactly what that test is for and how you should approach it. I agree. And I think that that's, you know, obviously it's scary, but you know, she's got information and now she can do something with it. And I think in that moment, like we really, 
we really see her lose some of her earlier Jane-ness, where she's just, she doesn't really, like, she spins out if something goes bad. But in this, in, in this place, like, she kind of relaxes, and she loses her Jane-ness, and she, um, you know, she goes topless in the park with Cat and Son, <laughs> and kind of, like, celebrating Cat and Son, celebrating herself, celebrating life, just, like, hopeful. Um, and there's this great, great quote that goes along with it. They get to the park, it focuses in on Jane, and she goes, you guys ready? Me too. As, like, a final, yes, let's do this, I'm changed kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And it was and it was really, like, this whole episode for Jane was just about overcoming fear. Like, that was, you know, that was mainly what Jacqueline talked to her about and, you know, said, you know, fear makes you do bad things. It makes you, it changes you into a person that you're not. It made you, you know, break down crying and scream at me into the bullpen in front of everyone. Like you you need to overcome your fear of this test in order to then fully live your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's Jane. So we've gone over a few favorite quotes, but I think we had one more that we didn't mention. Uh, Price, (laughs) what was, what was that quote? Oh my gosh, yes. It was one of the, definitely one of the funnier moments of the episode whenever, um, Sutton is in the cab with her, like, really expensive jewelry and Jane calls her and Sutton says, guess who has $5,000 worth of jewelry on their lap? Oh, not me. Not me. It was a joke <laughs> to the cabbie. Because, yeah, I love like, that moment. Just like <laughs> laughing my butt off. So oh funny. Oh my gosh. I know. Proving once again that the actress who plays Sutton is a comedic actress genius so like, great she, and, and I, mean, I don't know if she came up with that ad lib or uh whatever but she's just she's got such great comedic timing too yeah every like hilarious line or moment comes from Sutton exactly. it's great I agree. yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, so man. yeah so overall it was a really really emotional episode with Jane especially and just a like something very very real and I like how they didn't end it on a happy note of her not having the gene you know like that's always going to be that's there and that's always going to be in the back of her head so maybe that's our bubblegum pink this episode is that like she got the testing and in normal like sitcom situations she wouldn't have it but in this one Mm -hmm. she did yeah yeah yeah, i I like that and uh, i don't know what the bubblegum or the that would be the real life one but i I guess the bubblegum would be them going topless then yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's funny I don't yeah I mean that that's brave I don't think I would be able to do that (laughs) like in a crowd I would but like maybe not just three of us no yeah yeah. if I was like somewhere like the south of France or something like where it's yeah and it goes back to you know a culture aspect like it you know if it was culturally acceptable (laughs) I I might I get what you mean yeah yeah but not not here (laughs) (laughs) all right well what are we looking forward to next time let's start with Sutton okay with Sutton hmm I I think more like Sutton Oliver relation or like their mentorship relationship I'm looking forward to that and her establishing herself within the fashion department as someone who like brings more to the table than just getting coffee. Yes. Um, even though it was like super awkward, I would just, I'm not looking forward to it, but I just want like the Sutton Alex relationship to just get, be resolved and then move on. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I'm over, I'm over love triangles. Let's just like, okay, let's just do it and then move on to the next thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's a good. Those are all good things to look forward to. Let's see. With Cat, with Cat, I'm looking forward to her like just 
thinking for once because she always just pushes through. <laughs> I, uh, I I really just need her to take a moment sometimes, you know? I find it interesting that she's still talking to Adina a lot, so I'm looking forward to see how that burns out or not. We'll see. Um, and then <laughs> with... Bring Adina back, please. <laughs> <laughs> what about with Jane? Um, oh, man. Uh, we haven't seen Pinstripe in a while. I want him back. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm also I'm I'm excited to see how this changes Jane in the future. Like mm-hmm. if if she's a little uh, bit different, if she's a little bit less um, timid, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you can subscribe to Teen TV on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast hub, and can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TTV Podcast. Check out our website, www.tandtv.com, for related links and commentary. Be sure to watch The Bold Type with us, available on Freeform, Hulu, and Amazon. Join us next time when we pick apart Episode 7, Three Girls in a Tub, and discuss the Beckel Test. If you're not watching The Bold Type like you should be, still keep us on your subscription list for our episodes later in the year. We have a wide range of tastes and love hearing suggestions. So until next time, drink tea and happy binging.